Welcome to the Still Study Podcast, episode number 49 on this lovely June 5th, 2022. Grateful that you're here with me today. It's a Sunday. The sun is shining out here in eastern Pennsylvania, and I am grateful to be joining you today, spend some time with you on this Sunday. Got a great show for you. Going to recap all the news that occurred this week with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Mandatory minicamp is going to start this week on June 7th, so we're going to get our mind right for that. And then I'm going to spend some time talking about the defensive line, especially with the big news from this past week and the impact. I think it's important to take a look at that position. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a supporter of The Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me. Thank you for that. I would love to connect with you. We could do that one of three ways. You can comment directly on the articles at the bottom of the page. You can hit me up via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter at stillstudy. Would love to connect with you, get your question, comment, feedback on the show. Every Saturday, I do the Steelers Saturday Mailbag, in which I do just that. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. You drive the content. You make it happen. So let's connect. And also, please be reminded of the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site. It is called The Still City Insider. Our podcast is The Still City Insider Podcast. Jim and I will probably be recording this coming week following minicamp. Jim is super knowledgeable and insightful about your Pittsburgh Steelers having followed the team since 1995. You don't want to miss it. Check it out. It is linked in the show notes. And in case you haven't listened to one of the recent episodes of the session or the podcast, the Still Study is now on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to the shows. It'll show up in your daily feed. So no reason to visit the site if you don't want to. Get your daily updates. And if you can leave me a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it as it helps me grow the site. But again, my gratitude. Love yins, guys, and I appreciate the support. So episode number 49, let's kick it off by just recapping the week that was in Steelers news. And really the most major news of all was around Stefan to its retirement. And there has been speculation abundant since last year's training camp about what was going to happen with Tuit following the tragedy that impacted his family. And then there was speculation that he was injured. He had a knee injury. And things seemed optimistic and positive. Kevin Colbert had some positive and encouraging things to say this offseason. So did his teammates here during OTAs. But we find found out this past week with finality that Tuit has in fact retired. He will not be returning to the team, which now leaves a gaping hole on a defensive line that already is questionable. So I'm going to spend some time later this episode talking about the defensive line, the players who are currently in the mix, and the possibility of signing a free agent or making a trade, and what is in the cards for the defensive line of your Pittsburgh Steelers. An old face return to Pittsburgh this week is Tuzar Skipper resigned with the team. If you remember, Skipper 
made the team as an undrafted rookie free agent in 2019. He was then cut after the first week, was signed by the Giants, and then bounced around. And now he's making a return. The Steelers currently don't have great depth at outside linebacker. And it's a long shot to think that Skipper is going to make the team as the number four outside backer. Derek Tuska right now is penciled in as the number three. You'd have to think that this team is going to make a move in free agency to bring in at least a mid-tier outside backer. But a reunion of sorts with Skipper coming back to Pittsburgh. Jalen Samuels, remember him? Former Steelers running back who signed with the Cardinals was released this week. Samuel's biggest game for the Steelers came against the New England Patriots. I believe it was his second year, but there is no chance he is going to return to the Steelers. If you could remember back to the final year or two of Samuels being on the Steelers roster, he looked slow, he lacked explosiveness, and really did not have much to contribute to the team. So, Don't think that they'll kick the tires on this guy. I can't see that happening. And that could possibly be the end of Jalen Samuels' NFL career. The Steelers released Trevon Mason, a defensive lineman that they signed after a tryout at rookie minicamp. So he is no longer with the team. They still have Donovan Jeter on the squad, another defensive lineman who's probably going to play the nose position, who is still on the 90-man offseason roster. But Mason, who was out of Arizona, as quickly as he was signed after a tryout, he was just as quickly released. A lot of talk this week about Najee Harris's size. Mark Caballi tweeted that he looks massive and that his weight's at 244. And he said that he played at 230 last year. And then Najee interjected to say that he played at 240 last year. So a lot of noise being made about Najee Harris's size, especially the girth of those quads, uh, which has been a topic on many Steelers podcasts and sites, this one included. But Najee looks like he is in prime shape and ready to batter NFL defenses. And then the last piece of news to talk about today. Deontay Johnson wasn't at OTAs earlier, and he showed up this week, putting to bed slightly some of the concerns that were thrown out there that he's unhappy with his current contract, that he wants a contract, that he's going to be dissatisfied if he doesn't get one. But he was in practice. He was putting in the work. So that calmed some of that down, at least for the time being. And now with the OTAs wrapped up, the Steelers are going to shift gears and go into their mandatory minicamp, which is going to run June 7th through the 9th. So today being the 5th, minicamp will start on Tuesday and will end on Thursday. And then from there, it's going to be that massive lull in between minicamp and the start of training camp where really there's not going to be a ton of Steelers news. It's going to be the time when the players continue with their off-season training, but also where they get as much time in with their families to rest up, relax, recover, get mentally prepared for the rigors of what really is a long season. If you think about it for these guys, they go from the end of July 
all the way through until January. And if they're lucky enough to compete in the postseason and win, it could go into February. So this is time that I'm sure the players really value because they get to be human beings. They get to spend time with their family and friends. But it's a bit agonizing for us as Steelers writers, podcasters, and fans as we wait for news to be delivered. And just a couple points about the site. I did wrap up the final undrafted rookie free agent profile on Nick Seba. I was pronouncing his name incorrectly as well. Um, that is up on the site along with the profile for Carlin's Platel. And I will be shifting over into the positional analysis where I'm looking at early depth chart uh, order and very, very early, obviously. But today I wanted to spend some time talking about the defensive line because it was such a poor position last year. And if you think back to the performance of the defense, how many games did the team just get gashed for big runs? Every week we went back into the contest thinking that, all right, they've figured out their strategy, their scheme here. The players are going to improve their technique. We're going to see an improvement in the rush defense, but it never materialized. And Stefan Toot's absence really contributed to that last year, as well as the absence of Tyson Alu-Alu. And you had younger guys that had to be thrust into the lineup, like Isaiah Loudermilk, fifth-round pick out of Wisconsin, and Henry Mondo, and it just never came together. And so early on now, here in June, we now know that Tuit will not be returning. So I wanted to take a look at what are those existing pieces on the Steelers roster in terms of the defensive line? What are the possibilities of them going into free agency to find a defensive lineman to help this unit? What are the chances of that? And could the team possibly be exploring a trade? We're going to talk about all those pieces but I wanted to spend some time just going through the current defensive linemen who are on the roster. I'm going to start with Montravius Adams, a player that they signed off of the New Orleans Saints practice squad last year. He came in, I think, that Ravens game, the first Ravens game, and he played well. He showed burst and explosion off the line. He was playing primarily at the nose position, and he did some nice things. He was able to get penetration and be disruptive in the backfield. And the Steelers thought enough of his performance that they re-signed him this offseason and he will be in training camp with the team this coming year. You'd have to think that having a full year within the system, training camp, that he is going to be an even better player. Again, not an all-pro or pro bowler by any stretch, but a player who definitely can add value to this offensive line. Tyson Alulu returns to the team this year after his injury last season. He is up there in age. I believe he is 34. So there is concern about his durability and if he'll be able to hold up against the rigors of playing NFL football. Alu-Alu typically plays at the nose position. And probably more than likely there's going to be some type of rotation between Adams and Alu-Alu. But even though Tuit is gone, having Tyson Alu-Alu there does help improve the defensive line. And that 
should help overcome some of the deficits that we saw last season. But again, it's going to be his durability that is going to be closely scrutinized because if it's not there, that's going to hurt this team. Cameron Hayward, we know what he is all about. He is one of the best players on the team, if not the best player. He's the vocal leader of not just the defense, but of the entire Pittsburgh Steelers roster. There's no reason to think he's not going to play at a high level this year, and that's going to be needed with it now officially gone to help galvanize and bring these players together. And then you have guys like Isaiah Loudermilk, who's going to enter his second season. He got a lot of quality, valuable reps last year, which hopefully allows him to build on his experience and to grow and to become an even better player in year two. And he is going to be leaned on heavily to grow and to show that he is better. And if that can happen, it may ease the absence of Tuit. So Isaiah Loudermilk is a player to keep close tabs on in terms of what his growth is in year number two. Then you have DeMarvin Leal, the third round selection out of Texas A&M. He's going to be playing opposite of Cameron Hayward on the line. We've talked about the challenges that Leal has being a bit light in the seat of his pants. He's going to need to add weight so that he can anchor that defensive line. He does flash as a pass rusher, which is great. But again, what is needed from the defensive lineman on this team is the ability to play and stop the run. But Layout along with Loudermilk are probably going to be given the greatest opportunity to fill in for Tuit in some type of rotational uh, rotational basis. So we have DeMarvin Layout, and then you have Chris Wormley. Um, really, it'll probably be Chris Wormley and Loudermilk and Layout who are rotating at the absence of Tuit, rotating at Tuit's vacant position. Wormley had a nice season last year in terms of pass rush, in terms of stopping the run, not as great. But he's another player who can grow, who can get better. He got a lot of valuable experience last season. So he'll be given another opportunity again this year. And then outside of those guys, you have players like Daniel Archibong, Carlos Davis, Khalil Davis, Donovan Jeter, and Henry Mondo. And really the way I'm seeing it right now, you have six that are going to make the roster. Montrevis Adams, Tyson Alu-Alu, Alu-Alu, excuse me, Cam Hayward, DeMarvin Leal, Isaiah Laudermilk, and Chris Wormley. So these other individuals, Henry Mondo, Archibong, Davis, the other Davis, and Jeter, can they show enough for the Steelers to keep a seventh defensive lineman? Obviously, one of them will be stashed on the practice squad. And just looking at this list right now, they're probably going to take either Mondo or Davis, being that they have experience with the team, they've got a lot of repetitions last year, 
and they still want to may want to see what they can contribute to this team. In terms of the rookie undrafted free agent, Donovan Jeter, he's going to be tried primarily at the nose. I don't know if there is enough there for him to make noise and sneak on the practice squad. Uh, the same goes for Khalil Davis and Daniel Archibong. It's probably a two-man competition between Mondo and Carlos Davis to find a spot on the practice squad. So here's the main question. With the Steelers knowing the challenges they had last season with their defensive line, are they comfortable enough to stay put with their current personnel knowing that what could occur is a repeat of 2021? You would think not. You would think that they would be active and looking and exploring potential free agents who are out there like Sheldon Richardson, Brandon Williams, Ndamukong Sue, Eddie Goldman, Maurice Hurst. Maybe they're looking at some of these free agents to bring in, or maybe they're talking with teams about trades. But the concern here, you can go one of two routes. You can stay with the roster that you have. You can stay with the depth that you have and hope and depend on the development of players like Loudermilk, like DeMarvin Leal, like Alu coming back healthy, and that those three pieces alone, that growth, that overcoming of the injury with Alu-Alu, that that is enough to shore up the defensive line. The only problem there is that's a lot of hope. That's a lot of optimism. You can't be certain that that's going to happen. With that said, as I think through this, the Steelers are best served to find somebody out there in free agency. And I'm not saying break the bank, but you need somebody who can contribute quality snaps on the defensive line who is a great run defender. Because otherwise, if there isn't development, if there isn't growth from these players, you're right back in the same situation with a porous run defense. And if that's the case, it's going to be difficult for this team to win football games as we saw last year. When you have a defense who can shut down the run, you put them in a position, you put those teams in positions where they have to throw the football which allows your pass rush to increase its effectiveness, which can result in splash plays. Last year, teams were able to gash the Steelers' defense for chunks and chunks of yardage. And we all saw the outcome of that. It was probably, in addition to the inept passing game down the field, it was the run defense that really hindered this team. So the Steelers know that. And while they typically like to ride with their personnel in-house, they understand that if that growth and development doesn't occur, they're going to be right back in the same situation they were last season. Will it be one of those names that I mentioned that they will sign in free agency? Quite possibly. It could happen. But again, it needs to be a player who is stout against the run. 
or they could be exploring a trade with another team, with a player that maybe we don't know about. It's not going to be a flashy guy. The Steelers always find sneaky guys heading into their second contract or might be at the tail end of their first contract who they bring in and see if they can get some mileage out of. That's why I made the mention of the player Eddie Goldman, who's with the Chicago Bears. He's 20, 28 years old. You know, those are the types of signings that the team makes that you don't get it at first or you question it at first, but then over time you see that the team scouting department is on top of what they're doing. So I wanted to spend some time talking about the D-line because it is very important. We saw the impact that it had on the team last year. We saw how it hindered the team from really being a great team and something has to happen this year. So 2022 can be more successful than it was last season. What are your thoughts on the D-line? We'd love to hear them. You can comment on the site. Hit me up via email. Let me know. Send me a tweet. Let's connect. And let's talk the 2022 Steelers defensive line. And with that... Still Studyings, that ends episode 49 of the Still Study podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you are having a phenomenal weekend. I hope you are enjoying your family and friends. You get some time to rest and relax. You know I love yins, guys. I will be back tomorrow on Monday with a brand new study session. The new routine here, six days of study sessions, Monday through Saturday, the Saturday being the bag. Sunday is the Still Study Podcast. That's the recording cycle that I'm on now. Please continue to share with your family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. You know I appreciate it. And I hope you have a great Sunday and a great new week. And thank you for listening to the Still Study Podcast.